You're listening to the AISTS Master of Sports Administration podcast, created by Dr. Boris Gojanovich as part of the program Sports Medicine Module. In this series, we attempt to discover, understand, and debate the important issues in the world of sports medicine. Hey, Caro. Hola. Ni hao. Annyeong. Hello. Oi. Bonjour. Au revoir. Ki khobor. Ciao. Ni hao. Hello. 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 Chambo. Namaste. Privet. Shalom. Oi, I'm Camila Sintra. Hola, I'm Jimena Maratuch. That's the ASTS MSA 2015 podcast. Welcome on board. We're going to talk today about diabetes and physical activity. Why we are talking about this today? Jimena, because the literature extensively mentions that physical activity is the key to managing type 2 diabetes. Yeah, and let's have a simple definition of what diabetes is in terms of insulin generation. So the pancreas does not make enough insulin. That is called type 1 diabetes. And when the body cannot respond normally to the insulin that is made, that's diabetes type 2. Diabetes type 2 is also known as lifestyle disease because it is obtained throughout your life. And type 1 is the one actually you're born with. So let's go to some factors associated with the increased risk of type 2 diabetes. Obesity is one high risk. Previous gestational diabetes is another outcome. This is for basically pregnant women during the pregnancy period. Hypertension, family precedence of type 2 diabetes. And finally, ethnical groups. Some are more exposed than others. And the main complications, you can have uh, heart complications, the high blood pressure complications, foot complications, we're going to go deeper on that because it's really important when you are mm-hmm. choosing what is the best exercise. You also have the kidney disease and sexual dysfunction. And the benefits of physical activity, that's why we are here for. Physical activity affects positively mainly in three aspects. So these are, it reduces blood glucose levels, reduces the amount of insulin needed, and increases the insulin sensitivity. So basically when a person sweats, the body starts by using all of the glucose stored muscles for energy. And since this process doesn't use insulin, which means less of the hormones needed to normalize blood glucose levels. And I'm really glad to say, Jimena, that we have today a very special guest participating on our podcast. It's Dr. Luke Tapie. He's a physiologist doing lots of researches on diabetes at the University of Lausanne. So, Dr. Luke Tapie, what are the main benefits of the physical activity for a diabetic person? There are many, many benefits. The first is that by exercising, you increase your energy expenditure. So it helps maintain body weight and prevent further body weight gain. The other thing is that in type 2 diabetes, major pathogenic factor is not lack of insulin, that's what we call insulin resistance. I mean, insulin is present, but doesn't work in tissues. And that's the reason why these people get diabetes. Now, Anybody who exercises has an increased insulin sensitivity during exercise, meaning that exercise do a little bit like insulin and it potentializes insulin actions. So that's the major reason why it's beneficial for type 2 diabetes patients. And then the other benefits are just uh, cardiovascular training and the fact that exercising is good for your heart and your artery. So that's a really good thing for people to know. Now that you know and are totally aware of the benefits, let's choose the right activity for you. 
Mena, in our search we could find that uh, according to the American Diabetes Association, it is really important combining aerobic and resistance training. Another crucial point is working out on the right intensity. The literature clearly recommends the activity in the moderate to the intense zone. This means in between 65 and 8% of your maximum capacity. You need to exercise in the zone that mainly uses glycogen as fuel. This is applicable either for the aerobic and the resistance activities. And keep in mind another point, to see your doctor before starting an activity. The best way to know the heart training zone is through a VO2 max test in the lab. What to do? You do have a very broad list of options for the aerobic activity. Cycling, dancing, swimming, playing tennis, stair climbing, running, rowing. As long as your physical condition gives you the permission to get started choosing any of those. For the resistance training, you can choose workout in the gym. You can choose pilates, yoga, those isometric exercises. They are also really good. Correct. And I believe that Dr. Luktapi has a say on this. Let's hear it then. That's something much debated. Uh, for a long time it was said that it should be mainly aerobic activity, endurance exercise. What is usually, usually read in, in textbooks is that should be at least 30 minutes relatively strenuous exercise, I mean, intense enough to have people sweat slightly three to four times a week. Now we realize that different types of activity are also effective. Aerobic activity is effective, but strength training, like lifting weights and to increase the muscle mass, is also effective in, in reducing uh, glycemia and improving metabolic control. And there is no clear evidence that there is a minimal amount of activity which will be effective. For somebody, any increase in physical activity will have some benefit. And with all these, even some more, I mean, now we have a day, we have in the internet so much available to us that you can always refer to that to find more information. And uh, we are talking about uh, health people, if they're about to start a physical activity, those conditions are the ideal ones. However, if you have been sedentary for your whole life, you are not supposed to use this as an excuse to not start doing something. If you are overweight, you can go to the water, you progress, you change your physical condition, and then you can expand your options of physical activity, because the water reduces the impact, mm -hmm. and uh, the chances of having injury, they are much lower in the water than Right. Exactly, and you work out every muscle while doing swimming and water sports. The final part is how to take care not to fall into diabetes or just have a better condition if you're living with it. First of all, and most importantly, the message out of all these podcasts is get active. Move, move around, practice sport, avoid the complete sedentary life. Second, control your weight. Third, tune up your diet, use whole grains over high processed carbs, avoid sugary drinks, choose good fats instead of bad fats. And fourth is medical exams. Check your doctor every certain amount of time to make sure you're doing the right thing to make sure everything's working fine with your body. And uh, Dr. Luktapi, can explain a little bit more to us about the precautions? Let's see, young diabetic patients, and if it's type 2 diabetes, usually young is 30 or something like that. Young, healthy, can do any type of physical activity. Now, you have to remember that diabetic patients have an increased risk of cardiovascular diseases. So if they have had diabetes for several years, they may have 
heart, underlying heart diseases. So you have to make sure that they have a healthy heart before telling them to do a lot of exercise and to avoid extreme exercise if they have some underlying uh, heart diseases. The other thing is that with time, patients with diabetes develop neuropathy. So they may have impaired uh, sensitivity, mainly in the feet and hands. They may have impaired vasoregulation in the skin. So they may be at high risk of getting skin lesions during exercise. So you have for each patient to tell him or her what kind of exercise she can do, what can she cannot do, and what she has to be careful of. Good. What if we finish with a very positive message from Steve Redgrave? He was interviewed by Claire Balding in 2012, and Mr. Redgrave is a five-time Olympic gold medalist. This happened in the show Going Beyond, and let's hear about him. Well, when I, once I was diagnosed, I thought that it was my international career over. That was three years before my, my, my last Olympics. I had a grandfather that had diabetes in his, his late 60s, early 70s, and didn't survive much longer than that. So I knew it was a pretty serious condition. And uh, so I knew that I had to be monitored, and being an Olympic uh, top athlete is, is not going to happen. And uh, so I went to the consultation say that uh, I was expecting my consultant is now going to tell me I can't do what I was doing. I was with him for three hours. And at the end of it, he says, well, I don't see any reason why you can't achieve your dreams in three years' time. And I thought, oh, if he thinks I can do it, I'll give it my best shot. He did say it was going to be hard. And I suppose it was his attitude that I felt that diabetes had to live with me, not me live with diabetes. And that was quite a good of, of way of, of, of taking on the challenge in some way. That is it for today. That is it, Kami. It was a pleasure sitting with you and talking about this important topic that everyone should be aware of. A pleasure. Obrigado. Muchas gracias. Bye-bye. Odabo. Ciao. Saint-Tien. Bye-bye. Ciao. Ciao. Au revoir. Adios. Ciao. Tot ziens. Salam. Und tschüss. Poheri. Alveda. Das vidane. Litraot. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you've got questions or comments, share them directly on this track on the AISTS MSA SoundCloud page or visit us at www.aists.org. <laughs>